what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Naeem Puzzle Podcast. This is Vinny, your host, and I have Kristen for what seems to be right now one more episode, right? <laughs> the last podcast episode until I weasel my way back in again. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said for now what seems to be the last. Yes, yes, the last episode of this Kristen Mockler takeover season. Yeah. Yeah. And something else pretty big happening. Happy birthday, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. My birthday was yesterday. We had spent all weekend celebrating. It was really awesome. I feel super loved. So thanks to everybody who, you know, sent comments and DMs and all that stuff. Awesome. Well, uh, what do we have today? What's what's going on? So today... We have oh, actually another birthday buddy. Her birthday, I think, is coming up this Saturday, but it's my friend Nikki Koziars, and she is just like you will listen to this episode and just feel like, oh, I'm breathing. She is just peace and happiness, and I love her so much. Um, and so we talked about transition a lot, and you know, it's the end of summer, and we're getting ready to maybe possibly have kids go back to school. And so I think it's really timely uh, conversation for just kind of, you know, the le- the weeks that are leading up. Awesome. Can't wait to listen to you. You ready to just jump in? I am. All right. Let's take a listen. All right. Welcome back to the Naeem Fazel podcast. I am Kristen Mockler-Young and I'm taking over this season. I'm happy to say, but also sad to say, this is our last episode and has been so much fun. So the closer... The, the, the clincher, what do we, what do we say here <laughs> um, for our last episode is my friend, Nikki Koziars. Nikki, hi. Hi, Kristen. I think it's the grand finale. Is the yes. Yes. That's exactly what I was and looking Kristen, for. This podcast is going out the week of my birthday. So it might too. <gasps> When's your birthday? I'm the 31st. Oh my gosh. I bet I'm older than you though. Um, we'll just pretend that we're both 27. It's fine. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> oh my gosh, how funny. Like this was meant to be. It was the grand finale. Here we be. go. Oh, well, happy birthday to both of us. Hey, you know what we should do? What? To celebrate our birthdays. It's finally go on that, the elephant riding trip right that we <laughs> You guys, let me just back you up a little bit and fill you in. So I was creating this massive like 40 before 40 list last year. And I asked for people to pop in on Instagram and tell me what I should add to the list. And Kristen was like, ride an elephant. I was like, oh my gosh, it's already on my list. Like we should totally make this happen. And then COVID hit and nothing on that list got knocked off hardly at all. No. Oh my gosh. But we have time. Yes. We have we'll time. Make- we'll make it happen. One year birthday week. Yes. Yes. Let's do Perfect. it. Perfect. Yeah. We're so smart. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Nikki, why don't you, you live on a farm, which people may or may not know, but there's so much more. Tell us, what do you want our listeners to know about you? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of layers to me. So many uh, things. I try not to overwhelm people. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. My husband and I, we have a small farm just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, It's just about 20 acres and we have cows and horses and pigs and donkeys and chickens. And someone just offered me five goats today. I don't know that I'm going to accept that. Oh my goodness. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So it's a very full life. Um, But I am also an author and speaker with Proverbs 31 Ministries. And so um, I do a lot of traveling, uh, now that COVID is kind of 
on its way out, hopefully. Uh, more events are coming this year. I'm really excited about that. And I'm also a three-time best-selling author. So um, my days are pretty full. Oh, and I, I coach. <laughs> See what I mean? So yeah. Oh yeah. And I do this. Um, I coach other writers on how to write book proposals and it's really, it's an exciting thing. That's awesome. So many things. What's really funny is I led a Bible study in my house years ago. I can't tell you a a number of years ago and don't know how I found your book. Um, why her, but I did, I found it and I went through it with these women. And it was even the most random collection of women that I had met all of them in a mom Facebook group. And I was like, does anybody want to have like a small group Bible study type thing? That's like not precious. And please don't feel like you have to put makeup on and it's going to be super real. And in my living room and like, we'll probably drink wine. And if you cuss, like, I'm not even going to be mad at it. Like, it was just a very <laughs> thing. And so we did your book, the group stayed together for a couple of years. And I had no idea that you were in Charlotte or close to Charlotte. Um, and so we, we went through your book, we went through the study. It was so, so good. And then I went to Ember in Charlotte and saw you. And I was like, hold the phone. <laughs> we literally just studied this and now I'm, I'm seeing you and meeting you. And it was just a really, really cool, like God moment. Yeah. Yeah. God's really neat. I mean, I can't tell you how many people that I have connected with in Charlotte that like for years, we just had no idea anyone was here. I think we need like a, we need like a meetup for people in Charlotte. So maybe you should add that to your plate, Kristen, because I don't think you have a I'll do it. I'll do it. Listen, that sounds like something right up my alley though. I'm like, oh, that is actually a brilliant idea. Yeah. Let's do it. I'll put all the invites. Perfect. You heard it here guys. You So tell me really quick, a little bit about the fixer upper farm. How did you end up on a farm? Yes. So I definitely say it was an accident, but it was a God accident. Uh, We lived in Matthews, North Carolina, which is just outside of Charlotte. It's a cute little suburb. And my husband uh, is in construction. He's an electrical contractor. And so often he has to bring home large equipment for his jobs, backhoes, all those things. I don't know what they're all called. Um, (laughs) So crazy. The HOA didn't really like him doing that. Um, (laughs) They didn't want just like a digger in the cul-de-sac just hanging out. (laughs) This was before these Facebook community groups. I can only imagine what they would have said about us in the Facebook community group. (laughs) Um, So anyways, long story short, we had to find somewhere else to live or my husband was going to have to change careers. Um, So we sold that house and began the household very quickly. Um, began trying to find other properties, just was running into no, no, no. And so one Sunday morning, I was home uh, with one of my daughters. She was sick. And I was like, okay, let me just expand my reach. Just like, you know, 10, 15 miles outside of Charlotte. Let's just see what, what comes up. And the crazy thing was this farm popped up and um, I kind of just looked at it for a second. I was like, mm, no, no, no. <laughs> And then Chris came home and I was like, Hey, do you want to just look at this? Like this came up. What do you think? And he was like, let's go drive by and look at it. And I was like, ah, it's so far. And now I laugh because everything is 30 minutes away. Um, sure. And it, 
it was like, you know, 25 minutes from Matthews, um, but it would have meant, you know, changing schools for our girls. And they were all in big seasons of transition. Um, but anyways, long story short, we ended up feeling like this is where God was leading us. And so um, we put an offer in and our offer was accepted very quickly. But because this house was in foreclosure, um, it was oh a gosh. very complicated process and it was also family land and it was just a very messy um, buy. In fact, six different times we were supposed to close on the farm and it fell through six times for the weirdest reasons. Um, and even at the end, we had to put several thousand dollars into fixing something um, that it wasn't even a guarantee that we were like, talk about walking by faith. Oh, I gosh. mean, we were shaking, writing those checks. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we've been out here for seven years now and we have totally transformed this place. Um, but we still have more dreams and more hopes. And yeah, so now people send me DMs on Instagram asking me if I will take their goats. <laughs> And their, and their horses and their chickens. Oh my gosh. It's so, it's been so cool. You were so gracious to let me bring my daughters out yeah. a couple summers ago and it was, they had the most fun, but also I got to come out for a revival. Was that last year? It was yeah. during COVID, right? Yeah. 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 And come for a revival. So just to even hear that story of how difficult it was but knowing God was in it and just to be able to see how he's been able to use it. And for you guys just to be so open-handed too, of like, all right, God, what are we doing this with this place is, is really beautiful. Yeah. We've had Kristen, it's been crazy. Like we've had weddings out here that people, we don't even know. Um, we've had, we've had three revivals out here, um, multiple church events. We hosted a church last summer for three months. Um, when wow. the all shut down, um, yeah, that was crazy church on the farm, you know, had that tent, everything. Um, yeah, yeah we just kind of, we, we know that this is, the Lord's land. I mean, he, like he led us here. And so we would be crazy to like, hold it tightly and just say, Oh, we just want to have our land and nobody come around us. You know? Um, yeah. So yeah, we're excited to see what else God has planned. That's awesome. And he gave you Fred and Helen who <laughs> <Yeah>. are <laughs> love Fred and Helen, Kristen. <laughs> Thank you so much. Fred and Helen are Nikki's donkeys and they bring me so much joy, especially Fred. I love him so much. <laughs> It's a little hipster donkey. Like he's so cool. His little beard. <laughs> <laughs> you guys will have to follow Nikki posts all of the animals and her stories and you've got fancy chickens now too. What there's silkies. Is that what they're called? Yes. My bougie California chickens. They yeah. are. Yeah. They're silkies. And so listen, you'll appreciate this, but some people did not appreciate this. Okay. So I was like, I need a clever name for them because they're from California. They're super high maintenance. Like they're not like my Monroe chicks. That's what I call them. Right. Okay. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, I'm going to call them Kim and Chloe Kardashian. Yeah. <laughs> what other option do you have? Right. And I put it on Instagram and I got so much hate thrown at me about that. You're kidding. Yes. This woman, and I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast, but she told me she was going to unfollow me because she could not believe I was supporting the Kardashians. <laughs> I was oh. like, okay, bye. Oh my God. Right. No, that's exactly right. And I hope she is listening because, okay, bye. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh. 
That's so funny. People, people have opinions. Oh, every day. About all the things. Every day. <laughs> I bet. Oh my gosh. Well, tell me you, so you're a speaker, an author, a writer, a coach, all of these things that you told us, a, a farmer. <laughs> what is your favorite role right now of all of these things? Okay. So you know, what's good about my personality is that I need a lot of different things in my life. I am a, a Enneagram six with a strong seven wing. So okay. I can flip in between the two. I mean, every day. So that whole, like waking up and like, what's going to be fun today and what's different. I'm all about that. Um, so I think the thing that I love is that most of what I do is seasonal, right? So, um, the coaching, it comes in quarters. So I'm not doing it, you know, 12 months a year. Um, speaking is seasonal. It's very busy in the fall and in the spring. I mean, being a mom, I don't wish it was seasonal. Like where sign me up for that. time. Yeah. We need camp more than just in the summer. We yeah. need like fall camp and spring camp and more camps. We do. It's called school, but you know, that's true. Hopefully please Jesus. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. So, you know, I kind of just like, I've learned just to embrace the seasons and there's things that I love about every season and there's things that I don't love, um, you know? And so I I love everything that I do. You know, a couple years ago, I decided Kristen that I wasn't going to do things I didn't love. And so I made a lot of hard decisions and um, pull back from opportunities, from relationships, from, you know, various things in my life that were just kind of sucking me dry. And uh, I don't know if it's just what happens when you turn 40, like you get close to that number and you're like, oh, there's not much life left, which there is, but um, (laughs) you know, I just got to that place where I was like, I'm, I'm only going to do the things that bring me life and that I know I'm called to do. Um, it doesn't mean that everything is fun that I do. I mean, obviously I have to pay bills like everybody else and taxes and, you know, emails and, you know, all the kind of day-to-day stuff. Um, but I think everyone should be doing what makes them feel alive and well. And like, you are in the place where God's called you to be. So my initial, my initial honest thoughts, when I hear you say that is like, oh, that sounds so good in theory. Like I'm only going to do the things that I want to do, but you're a wife and you're a mom. And so, and I'm sure even outside of just your family, there were people that probably were not super happy or pleased with all of the decisions and things that you decided to stop doing. So how did you handle like the balance of that? Mm. Yeah. So, you know, I kind of think that God has us like our forever assignments. Right. And obviously for me being a wife and a mom and a daughter and, you know, an aunt and cousin, all those things, like those are my forever assignments. Like I can't just wake up tomorrow and go, I don't feel like doing this anymore. Um, Yeah. I do believe that in every season, there are very specific assignments that God calls us to do. And he, um, he, I don't think that God, you know, wants us to wake up and dread being alive today. I really don't believe that's what John 10, 10 represents. And so, um, the reality is yes, your no is going to make someone else mad. I mean, that's just a a guarantee that someone's not going to be happy with something that you do. Um, but Kristen, I don't really struggle with people pleasing. I never have, um, because, and I know there's, but I do know there's a lot of people listening who do struggle with people pleasing. Um, I struggle more with like, 
when I get to the end of my life, I want to know that I ran as hard as I could run. Okay. So where sometimes people can be a little, what I feel judgmental towards me is they think I try to do too much. Right. But the reality is I have the space to do the things that I'm doing because I've said no to the things that don't bring me life. Don't bring me purpose. Don't fulfill me. Like you're not going to see me on the PTA board. That's not my thing. You're not going to see me as the room mom. I got fired from being the room mom. Okay. Like (laughs) you're not going to see me doing those kinds of things. Um, You're also probably not going to see me um, volunteering every Sunday at church, not every Sunday. Um, but like, there are people who that brings them life and that brings them joy. But I know if I say yes to that, I'm saying no to events that are on weekends and, um, being out teaching and preaching the gospel. So you really have to just find that place in your life where you just have that courage. And here's the thing about courage. What I've discovered is once you do it once the next time it's a whole lot easier. And then it just becomes part of your DNA. It's who you are. And people eventually stop asking you because <laughs> you're going to say no. And, and that's they a- know that your no means no, and that you're not going right. to like waver and oh, waffle and go back and forth. Yeah. Mm-mm. No. So I, bless well, I love that you that. mentioned what's that I bless you with that courage. Yes. <laughs> I love that you mentioned seasons too, because I think not only do we go through seasons, but also like the desires of our hearts can change and what we want can also change seasonally. Like before, um, I was in the public elementary. I taught in a classroom for 12 or 13 years got out of it. And I was a stay at home mom who tutored like part-time on the side. And, and I needed that rest. I needed like my soul. I was in a toxic environment. Like I just really needed to have that time at home to like find myself again and whatever. And in those years, I wanted to be room mom so bad. And I did, I was at the preschool all the time because I had the time for it. And I had Um, it made me excited and I loved coming up with the crafts and like doing things to bless the teachers and all that. But then I came on to, at first it was part-time ministry, but even part-time ministry is a full-time job. And I carried guilt for a while about not being able to volunteer in my kids' classrooms or doing the things that I did for a couple of years. And I finally just had to realize like, it's okay, Mm -hmm. you know? It's okay that I'm not doing it. It gives somebody else the opportunity to do it, but also it's okay that I don't want to do it anymore. Right. Yeah. I mean, mom guilt is a real, I mean, we can have a whole podcast. Sure. (laughs) Um, Because I do think society tells us, you know, this is what it looks like to be an involved mom. And this is what it looks like to be a good mom. And you know, we just have to debunk those stereotypes that are placed over us as women. And, um, just know, like Kristen, one of the things that I pray almost every single day is that I would be the mom that my kids need me to be, not the mom I want to be. And so that has really helped me kind of stay grounded and focused on, you know, cause I've got, I've got one that's, you know, she's 20 now. And so, um, it looks very different to parent her in this season um, than it did 10 years ago. And so um, while she may not have always like said, I was like the fun mom or like the, you know, do this mom or that mom or that mom. um, 
I really feel like the Lord allowed that prayer, um, to be fulfilled in her life. And, um, it's a, it's a, it's a tension to be managed for sure as moms. Yeah. Well, and I think we don't realize that there are actually multiple boxes and multiple things like it, you know, if you're a woman who's married and has kids, not only is there the ideal, Hey, a mom should be this, but also a wife should be this. And also a woman should be this and society says this in your job. Like, I think there it's good for us to be able to shake these things off because there's more over us. I think than we even realize. So like you said, with courage, like say, no, it's easier than once we can start to kind of break these things down. I think it's easier to break down <laughs> more of them when we recognize, yeah. you know, Agreed. Mm-hmm. So in all of the things that you're doing, your Enneagram sevenness, I love that threes and sevens are not the same, but we have like kindred spirits a lot. So I too, probably people would accuse me of doing <laughs> too many things. And I'm like, well, I just can't help it. Um, but are you doing anything now that you didn't anticipate doing? Like when you set out to, you know, write your first book or wherever you started, are you doing something now that you're like, I never thought this would be part of the equation? Well, a farm, a hundred percent, like that was not my top 10 list of things in second grade that I wanted to become in my life. Never, ever. Um, in fact, I didn't even want to have the girls had one of those beta fishes when they were Mm -hmm. little and that was too much for me. (laughs) Um, the fact that I've gone from a beta fish to a pug to a whole farm, um, is crazy. And it's one of those things that I look back on and I'm like, I would have never been able to dream this up. Um, but it really has brought me a lot of life. I think the other thing that has really shocked me, um, was because I worked so hard. Um, the first, I would say the first five years that I was in ministry and I say in ministry, we're all in ministry, but like full time, really working towards, um, using my voice and my generation, Um, I got a lot of rejection letters, a lot of no's, a lot of, you're so cute, but we don't want to publish your book, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And so it was a lot of seasons of just learning and growing and staying humble. And it's interesting to me, Kristen, because now I'm like, I'm like 12, 13 years into this. Okay. My, my first book only came out, I think it's six years ago now, but total of like 13 years of doing this. And it's crazy to me to think back to the people who I started with and the fact that they are not here anymore. They're not doing this anymore. I mean, it's a very few of us that have stuck all the way through. Um, but what's surprising is now people are coming to me to ask me for like, will you look at my book proposal? Will you help me with this? And I told my husband the other day and I was like, how did this start happening? Like, how did people start coming to me asking me for advice about this? I don't know. Um, and so it's weird. Like, it's like a weird transition place where, you know, um, I see the good work that God did in my, in my soul and in my process. And that's what the body of Christ is for. Like we do our good work in our lives and get all this stuff tilled and soiled well and growing well so that when the next person, and I don't even mean necessarily the next generation, um, just when the next person comes behind us, we're able to say here, 
I bless you with all this information that I didn't have before. I bless you with the failures yeah. that I had. Um, learn from me, grow from me. Like, come on. I mean, I have I've never been one of these people who's held ministry really tight and you know, think like I'm the only one that can do this. Like, I've just never wanted to be part of anything like that. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I really love Proverbs 31 Ministries, is because that's what we do, is we equip mm-hmm. women um to go out and share their messages and like we champion them and we help them. And, you know, we spend endless hours, you know, coaching and, and helping them become the voice that God has given them. I think that's so good and so necessary right now where a lot of us grew up, especially with the idea of women that like they're catty or there's competition or, and sometimes it was blatant and sometimes it was underlying. We've learned these things. I think it's so important for um, people like you and everybody at Proverbs 31, and even just as a, as a business to go out and really you're changing the narrative about how women think about themselves and about each other without even explicitly doing it just by saying, Hey, here's what I've learned. And I'm just going to give it to you. That already, sh- I feel like just shatters so many, you know, things about competition and not enough seats at the table and so many things. Um, so I feel like you guys are doing like double the work there, like in a good way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, full credit to Lisa Turkhurst, because as the president of our ministry, like she has set that tone and, you know, I just remember her, um, especially in, you know, my early years, like just being super generous with like, "Mm, that's, you know, that is a good idea, or I don't know if I go that direction. And, you know, um, there's just been various times where, you know, I've asked her just for wisdom and I mean, she gives it freely. And uh, the crazy thing to me is that she gives it freely to a lot of people, but a lot of people don't listen. And I'm like, what is wrong with you people? Like, (laughs) listen, but I kind of understand that now because as I've been able to coach, you know, just a few people, um, sometimes people come to you and they're like, well, I kind of already have this figured out. I just want you to affirm it. Um, okay. And that's a really dangerous place for us to be like, we really need to stay open. You know, I don't care whether you're 18 or you're 65. Um, there's something that we need to learn from everybody and every generation. And if we keep arriving with this, like, oh, I've got this figured out. I know exactly what I'm doing. We're going to miss it. And, um, I think that's really sad when things like that happen. Huh? I would have never, that's so interesting that people, cause I was like, why would they not listen? Is it pride? Is it whatever? No, it's just, they just think they know they're looking for. And I think we all do that in our lives, not even just with like book proposals, but we look for confirmation. Don't we? We like, are like, God, here's the thing that I'm praying about. And here's the answer. So you go ahead and you confirm to me that I already have the answer, please. And thank you. Yes. We do that all the time. Right. Yeah. Like, just tell me, someone just tell me I'm doing the right thing here. Tell me I'm going the right direction. And I do think there's times for that. We need that in our lives. So, um, you know, we're talking about, you know, change and all these things that, you know, are happening in our lives and the seasons that God has us in, you know, we do sometimes need someone to look at us and go, you're going the right way, but let me help you make sure you stay on that straight. That's good. So thinking about change and transition and all of that, you've been through some, um, I feel like the world right now, 
on one hand, it's really easy to go, okay, everything's back to normal, like COVID's over and we're, you know, getting ready to believe it or not, I'm sorry, parents, but like wrap up summer soon (laughs) and get ready for school. Um, but I think that still we are in a year and a season of, of transition and of not really knowing what is coming because normal is not necessarily normal. Like, have you learned anything that you think would be helpful for us? Yes. So as an Enneagram six wing seven, um, like honestly, the pandemic didn't catch me off guard. (laughs) Um, it was hard to walk through it kind of are always like, I don't want to say anticipating, but like stuff like that doesn't shock us um, because we really have kind of thought through, you know, worst case scenarios for this and worst case scenarios okay. for that. Um, but my seven- Do you have a bunker under your house? No, I do not. <laughs> See, that's such a misconception about sixes. I know. <laughs> that we're like, like, don't even ask me for a Band-Aid. I don't have one. Like, yeah. I'm not that kind of prepared person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more like mentally prepared. Okay. Um, and so the, I think the biggest lesson that I took away, um, during, you know, the season of lockdown and everything being canceled, um, our finances were very affected, um, because, you know, even though what I do is ministry, <laughs> you still have to make money doing this. It's right. Really, um, and so, you know, dozens of events canceled, you know, not even postponed, just straight up canceled. Um, and we're starting to see rebookings come in for the next year, but like, it was like a whole year and, um, not only financially where we hit really hard, um, and we were fine. Like God was faithful and, you know, my husband plowed through and I found other ways, like started coaching and things like that. Um, so God was really good. But the other thing that was really hard for me is I realized how much in-person events brought me life almost to a point that maybe was unhealthy. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's weird to say that because like, we're like, but it's for Jesus and it's for the kingdom. And like, who doesn't want to see souls saved and worship and things like that? Um, Because when it was all taken away, I definitely had these moments. Like I'm sitting right now in my office where I'd be sitting here and I'm like, who am I right now? Like, Mm -hmm. What am I, what am I doing? Am I just going to do like a Facebook live? And um, so, you know, making sure that even though like our identities are supposed to be grounded in Christ. And I thought my identity was like, I thought, you know, that I was in good shape, but that season really revealed that yuckiness in me. Um, And so I felt lost a lot of time during um, this, this time of transition. And even now it's hard because like, I hold things really loosely. Okay. So someone's wanting to book something in 2022. I'm like, okay, maybe (laughs) (laughs) you're like, I'm going to write it down, but in pencil, (laughs) this will happen. Um, you know, cause we just never know. And I think that's, you know, one of the things that that's good that came from this season. It's like, we need to be ready to like, when God says things got to change, we got to transition. We got to move to a different direction. Um, we got to be ready to go or we could miss, you know, had we not, uh, been willing in that season, like when our church, um, our church completely shut down, like no live streams, no nothing. Um, had that not happened, I don't know that the church that met here on our farm, um, I don't know that that would have happened, you know, and right. we missed that, that whole right. amazing season of what God did. And so, um, 
learning to, to, to navigate from, from here to there. And that's what transition is, right? It's like an ending. And then it's like this neutral ground, which is where we are right now. And then it's the new beginning and we're, we're, we're getting close to that new beginning, but we're still kind of in this neutral place. And, um, it's a, it's a real place of uncertainty that, you know, I think God is really challenging us to trust him in. That's the exact word that I, that I just wrote down. I was like, it is all about trust because it is still so hard. My husband and I just had a conversation the other day. We, um, I help pastor a church and we have multiple campuses and like lots of churches, we've had a lot of transition. Um, we've had people that moved people that just for one reason or another have decided to attend somewhere else. We've had new people who found us online and they're coming now. Um, and it has been really hard and we've had to grieve the loss of people and and some who, who actually like lost their lives to COVID, but then some that also feel sometimes just as deeply of a loss just from losing them from our church family, you know, and we were just talking about this the other day. And he said, it just feels like it's been a string of losses and a string of people leaving. And it just can be so hard and hurt so much. Um, but we had this whole conversation about how exactly what you said, the new can't start until some of this goes. And it doesn't mean that it's not painful or that we don't get to mourn it. But if we can't ever move past it, I think that's where people sometimes get stuck and have to trust God in knowing you can put this down, like, yes, mourn it and grieve it, but then put it down and give it to him because there's something new. There is someone new waiting a new opportunity, new thing for God to do for God to use us, but we, we can't find it. And we won't, if our hands are still full of other people or other things, we won't have open hands for the new thing that he wants to give us. Yeah. So there's a book by Seth Godin called the dip. Have you ever read that book? No. It's really, really good. And he talks about this. He talks about it's like kind of before COVID, I would say the church was in a pretty good place. Like, yeah, I mean, we had gone through obviously a lot of legalism stuff and, but I mean, I was feeling like, I remember the last event that I was at before everything got shut down. I have never seen the Holy spirit move. Like he did at this event. I mean, I'm talking, I hope your listeners can handle this. I'm talking people passed out on the ground, like playing in the spirit, like worshiping, like crazy prophetic words. I mean, it was incredible. Yeah. And and I got home and I actually got COVID on that trip and I got home. Oh my goodness. This massive dip, but Seth Godin in his book talks about that. And that's the thing that when we go into that dip, which is where we're at right now, this is where dreams die. This is where churches Mm. fall apart. And I can attest, I can testify to that. This is where marriages dissolve. We've seen the divorce rate go up higher than ever before. Um, This is where, you know, like we feel like, I mean, I think I read an article that in the month of April, like it was like 40% of people like quit their jobs. (laughs) So, I mean, it was a mass, a mass exodus from the work. Um, because people were so sick, right? So now we're all in this dip, but this is like the really defining place because this is where either we're going to start to go back up or it's just going to all dissolve and it's going to be a mess. So I think what you guys are doing right now with the grieving and with the like calling it like it is and being honest about it is the best thing that you can do to help get back up on that mountain again. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely going to 
look up that book. And I think just even sharing the stories too, and just reminding ourselves like God is still doing things like making sure we're talking about what we do see. So when it, when it's hard, when you find yourself in these seasons where it's just hard, what do you do or who do you look to for encouragement? Hmm. So what's, this might surprise people. Um, I actually listen to like, I don't listen to just one pastor. Um, I have kind of a rotation of very different voices and very different pastors, um, that I listen to, but I would say at least two to three times a week, I'm listening to a sermon um, because I need to hear like mm-hmm. other people's perspective on the scriptures. And so, I mean, I'm gonna ramble some names. Somebody probably get mad at some of this, but I'm gonna show you how wide it. it is. Okay, so I love Bishop T.D. Jakes for his mm-hmm. passion and for the way that he can look at a text and find something like crazy, right? But then I love Andy Stanley because like he is super theologically sound. And like, I know that he's gonna take me through like an expo expository type experience um, when, you know, I'm listening to him and, you know, just different voices that I listen to. Um, you know, I think it's, it's important to know at your core, like what are your essentials and what are your non-essentials? Um, but to, to allow yourself to listen to other voices so that you can have, you know, really good experiences. So I do that um, a lot. The other thing um, I recently heard a pastor say, um, if God doesn't feel close to you, or if you feel like you can't find God, worship him until he finds you. And that was super profound when he said that, because God is never the one who's missing, right? Like it's us who get far from him. And so one of the things that I've been doing in the morning, um, instead of like just opening up my Bible and getting right into study is sometimes I'll just play worship music and I just sit there. And that's hard because your phone is like right next to you and you want to look at Instagram and email, (laughs) but giving myself like 10 minutes just to sit in the presence of God, um, and letting him find me in this. That's so neat. That's been really, really life-giving for me. Um, The other thing is, is that, you know, I think Kristen, sometimes um, people in ministry are not great about being discipled by other people um, because we kind of are the ones always discipling everybody. Um, But I recently joined a small group um, and it was a very big risk for me because I just, I don't, I'm just don't do the stuff like (laughs) Um, I knew I needed some discipleship in my life. And, um, so I am under a leader right now who is, you know, she's pushing me and she's challenging me. And I love that. And I need that, um, in my life while at Proverbs, I am surrounded by, you know, incredibly godly women. They're not necessarily discipling me, you know, um, and and you have to separate it from work sometimes. Yes, absolutely. Um, so finding those, those things have really helped me the last few months. How did you find this discipleship group? Was it through a church, like a small group that they had? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So the church that we were a part of um, before COVID kind of fell apart. Um, and so we, um, we trying to find a new church during COVID was very challenging. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was also good because you could listen online to everybody and kind of, you know, go real Totally fast. shop around, right? Yeah. <laughs> Without yeah. makeup or clothes on. Like, right. So yeah, we have. A lot of people found you guys. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. And so we, yeah, we've been attending a church that's close by and, um, you know, we're, we're easing into it. Um, we had some, some hurt that came from the last experience and, um, yeah, we're just taking our time. I don't feel like God's in a rush. Yeah, he's not. 
God's never in a rush. It's always us or other people who are putting the pressure on us to hurry up and, you know, arrive, quote unquote, get to where we're supposed to be. So in all of your work and all of your things that you're doing, um, what do you hope people are taking away from your your message? Like what is Nikki Koziar's doing? Like when at the end of your life, you know, what do you hope is the way that you've made the world a better place? Mm, that's a deep question. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I kind of talk about this in my newest book that was just released um, this year. It's called Flooded, The Five Best Decisions to Make When Life is Hard and Doubt is Rising. I think we did a live on your Instagram about that book. <clears throat> um, but I do talk about our legacies and what we're, we're building and what we're leaving. And you know, Chris and I talk all the time about like, what are we doing with this farm? We really have no idea. I mean, there's really not been a clear, like God has said, like, this is the purpose of this farm. We just feel like we're kind of just like wandering and still trying to figure it out. Um, but I hope when I get to the end of my life, um, that people didn't, wouldn't just say like, oh, she was just a cute little farm girl, or she made me laugh or, you know, um, but I really hope that they saw Jesus in me, um, through the words that I would say, or the things that I did, but not only that, that I would create a space for them to have encounters with God. Um, that's something that's really important to me is that as a leader in today's generation, I think, we're so quick to try to offer people solutions to their problems and um, here's wisdom and here's what the Bible says about this. But you know what? Sometimes people just need to have an encounter with Jesus. And um, that looks like us stepping aside and giving God the space, like still being present and still helping create that atmosphere. And so like the revival is a great example. The one that you came to, I'll just you know, give a little testimony real quick. Um, there was a little, uh, a young boy that was there. I think he was like 13 or 14. Um, his parents were going through a divorce and it was really bad and really messy. And so the mom brought the kids and at one point during the revival, um, during worship, he was laid on the grass and just weeping. I mean, 13 years Mm -hmm. old. And mom told one of my friends that when they left, they got in the car, he was just overwhelmed with emotions because he said, I could just feel Jesus. And like, that's what it's about. It's about people feeling the present, cultivating the presence of God in your life so much that when you encounter someone else, they just feel Jesus. And, um, I don't think he'll ever forget that experience, you know, and I just hold on to moments like that where, you know, different at different events, God just gives me little glimpses. It's never this like, oh my gosh, Nikki, when you said this, it was so yeah. profound, you know, <laughs> I, like I never read this passage of scripture before. There's nothing new under the sun. There's not mm-hmm. Ecclesiastes 3 tells us that. Um, and so I really think that what God is doing right now in this generation is he's looking for some people that will just step to the side and create the atmosphere for him to do what only he can do. That's so good. And I think too, even if it is one day, Nikki, when you said this, you know, it's even just our perspective of, of remembering that we are being used by God, like in the best way. And that if we can step out of the way, even if we're preaching or teaching or writing that the words are God's and that regardless of what we say or don't say, people are going to hear what they need to hear. Like if they're open to hearing from God and experiencing him, they're going to, I can say one thing and they can hear something totally different. And that is what is so cool about God, you know, using us to get to other people. Yeah. 
Yeah. I love that. All right. Well, my last question for you um, that I have actually asked everybody on this season, it's in my favorite part of these episodes. Um, and it really fits into what we've been talking about, even just being who you are and saying yes to, you know, the things that are for Nikki. What is your favorite thing about yourself? Oh, I hate this question. <laughs> Everyone does, <laughs> which is exactly why I'm going to keep asking it. Like we have got to get better. <laughs> it's a great question. Yeah. I've never been asked this question on a podcast before. I can assure you that. I think what I really like about myself is that I'm always willing to try something new. Like I really stay open to what God's doing. Like, just like what the person sending me the five goats today on, <laughs> like I'm going, okay, Lord, is there something that you want me to do with this relationship with this person, with this yeah. situation? Um, so I think that's good. Cause I think a lot of people are just fearful and they're just like immediately like, no, um, so I like to, you know, take risks and I failed a lot. There's a lot of things that I have failed at, um, but I do. I just like the adventure that God has when we just really stay open every day. Um, I don't know if you've ever read Mark Batterson's book, The 40 Day Prayer Challenge, um, mm-hmm. but one of his prayers that he prays is God surprised me. And oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that prayer. And when I pray it, oh, does the Lord surprise me. <laughs> listener beware this is not a (laughs) cute happy little prayer to pray no (laughs) oh my gosh all right well I will tell you my favorite thing about you and which is this I I mean I I absolutely adore you like I genuinely genuinely adore you and it's so funny because I'm like we've only interacted in person you know a handful of times Um, but whenever I interact with you, engage with you, or even just look at like your Instagram feed, I always find myself like taking a deep breath. I always feel like I can slow down a little bit and just breathe. And I think what it is, I was like, is it joy? Is it peace? Is it hope? Like, what do I get from her? I think it's, it's all of those. Um, but I think it's really just like a sense of, of like purity. Like I just get like a sense of purity and goodness from you. Um, and I just find you so refreshing, like truly. Kristen, thank you. That means like, that's like the nicest thing ever. But wait, because this is the grand finale. Has anyone asked you that question? Oh gosh, I didn't prep an answer for that. (laughs) Come on, Kristen. Okay, let's do it. Um, I would say... Gosh, no, okay, you're right. This is a hard question. Hard. What is my favorite thing about myself? Um, I would say the way I love people. Yeah. That I love people really hard and really fast. Um, and I think a lot of people would go, oh, well, of course you love people. You're a pastor. Like, this is your job. But I like legit, <laughs> like really, truly and genuinely love people. Mm. You know what else I would say about you? You really yeah. love your family. I do. I do. I'm super, super obsessed with your family. I, love I do. It. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Uh, yes, the girls, we'll need to bring them back out to yes. see the animals again. It was anytime. They still talk about it. Oh, they still talk about it. They have so much more to see now. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be perfect. Soon to be goats and an elephant as well. <laughs> And a giraffe and a zebra. Apparently, <laughs> on Instagram, I'd like to see those things out here. <laughs> yeah. 
Friends, it's not a petting zoo. It's an no. actual farm. No. You have to have a license and a permit for that. <laughs> not a safari. <laughs> yeah, not a safari. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, it has been my absolute pleasure to chat with you. We will chat soon. I'm sure we have to make this Charlotte meetup. Yes, do it. We're really going to, let's do this. Yeah. We'll do to it. I love it. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you. We'll talk soon. Thanks, friend. Bye-bye. Vinny, don't you just love Nikki? She's just like so much fun to talk to and to listen to. Definitely a, like a breath of fresh air for sure. Um, and I'm curious about this meetup. So when when's this meetup happening? <laughs> I'm curious about this meetup too. She's such an encourager. I mean, I think it's a good idea. I have no idea if anybody's interested. I mean, I guess y'all will have to let me know. I'm happy to host or Nikki and I can host. Maybe we'll do it on the farm. I don't know. Be go. sure to follow me. Follow me on social media, guys. And maybe we'll put it out there and see what y'all think. <laughs> let's do it let's do it well Kristen this has been a blast I can't believe that this has come to an end already it's eight weeks into this and you crushed it so no, thank, thank you, you. For, thank you for just you know all of your vulnerability and honesty and fun and laughs and all the things that you brought to the podcast I know that this is definitely uh, a better podcast now for this takeover so great uh -oh. job and uh, I hope that you guys all enjoyed. If you did enjoy, stay tuned. This doesn't mean the podcast is coming to an end, right? This is just That's the end right. of the season. So we will be having some new content in the near future. And you can stay up to date with that by liking, sharing, and subscribing, as always, uh, to us on whatever podcast app you listen to. Share it with a friend. Tag us on social media. And uh, maybe go to Naeem's page and just, like, randomly spam his page with, like, how much <laughs> takeover so uh, yes tell him you want me back and I'll be back truly it was so much fun it was such an honor to be here and uh I'll, I mean I'll be back we both know <laughs> be honest all right well thanks Chris Talk to you later. all right thanks guys bye